Hello and welcome to Clappercast episode 70. Today we're talking about He's All That, Vacation Friends, Cinderella, and Shang-Chi, the legend of the Ten Rings. Definitely already butchered that, but that's okay. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, and before I introduce the guests, I want to quickly say how I'm doing. I always ask my friends how they're doing, but I never get to say how I'm doing, and I'm doing pretty good today. Um, If you want to hate crime me, I did in fact just complete a Lady Gaga dance workout, and it was amazing. And I'm also waiting for COVID test results. I'm going to get live on air because yesterday I was hanging out uh, downtown and there was a cute guy at a tent who's giving do who's doing free COVID testing. And because he was cute, I said yes. So we're going to see today if I have COVID or not. That would be really fun on air to learn I am positive today. But today I'm not just by myself. I am joined by Alina Falds and Paul Price once again. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna okay. say something too. Oh yeah, I'm also well. Let me let me. <laughs> I'm doing great. I've had a great weekend. I stayed up really late last night. Did not sleep in today, but I had a solid nap. My life has been quite uneventful this week, but it's nice to have those things. I'm taking some downtime before a tiff officially starts. Yeah. I am. Um up for a job and one of the things i'm curious about is it's for disney and i am not sure if i will ever be able to review another disney thing if i get the job so that was my big question i was like i uh i talked to my dad who works at disney and he was like just don't ask and maybe they'll never know and i was like they're gonna know <laughs> with our millions of listeners bob Iger yeah. probably listens to this so i mean i would assume like we're at this point over joe rogan so like, you know, Joe's down here, we're up here. So I I would assume we're doing fine. Hey, but. as of right now, unlike the Joe Rogan podcast, none of us have COVID. So that's going good. Uh, that, that we know of. Might change today. <laughs> yeah, that might not be a thing we can say anymore. Well, let's get to the films after that absolutely horrible intro of doing this about 30 times and people can still not just say that they're doing good. Let's get to the films. And speaking of COVID <laughs> testing, He's All That came out this week and had a little bit of a fun PR history when they closed a COVID testing center to film the movie. Alina, why don't you kick us off with He's All That? Was it better than She's All That? First of all, impeccable transition you just did there. I'm proud of that <laughs> one in particular. Um, to answer that question of whether he's all that is better than she's all that, no. <laughs> just a strong no. So I like all of the um, late 90s, early 2000s, like teen girl movies and she's all that definitely like falls into that realm and I've never seen it before like the entirety of the way through so before he's all that I watched she's all that for the first time and I did a little double feature had a great time with Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. Matthew Lilliard fucking great time that movie was I wouldn't say it's like top tier in that genre but it's solid it's a classic for a reason it's fun and then you get to she's all that or he's all that god damn it um and it's just like why but also this is not the worst thing that netflix has ever put out like i think it's under the two all the boys trilogy but above the kissing booth um definitely better than the shit like sierra burgess is a loser and tall girl so like it's not as bad as one may think Addison Rae, surprisingly fine. 
she does really shit at the dramatic parts. Like I thought it was really funny how every time something that was emotional, they like did a wide shot instead of like going at her face. Um, you get a lot of fucking TikTok references, which is great. Um, the Courtney Kardashian cameo with a K for cameo, obviously. Um, so fucking funny. It was like camp in the worst way is how I would describe it. I don't know. Like I would watch this again, but it's not a good movie. Like this is a movie that I'd watch with my like girlfriends and like drink wine too. Is how I would describe this film. What did you guys think? Okay, so I'm gonna upset everyone. Um, <laughs> this was my favorite movie of the list. <laughs> Everything we're watching, it was the only. Okay, I will preface. I may have had a weed gummy, but outside of that, possibly. outside of that um i kind of fucked with this like here's the thing it is bad but it's bad in a way that's like if i watched an old 90s movie and in alina's point it had the same like vibe of just like oh this is bad but also like some of it works courtney kardashian does not work Matthew Lillard dancing does not work. Most of this, like the romance, I was like, this is kind of cute. Like, I liked the gender flip. I liked that they introduced her friend and they're like, this girl's perfectly normal. And then in one scene, they're like, no, 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 this girl's a psychopath. And she will stay that way the rest of the film. (laughs) There is not a moment where this woman, after the twist, is like <laughs> not the most evil person you've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just kind of, I, I know it's bad, but after having watched a lot of these and being forced, and this one was forced, this was the first one that I was like, yeah, I mean, it, it hits the buttons. If this was in theaters in 2002, it would be like a perfectly fine film. Um, and the Netflix ones, I never feel like I could see in a theater. This one, I'm like, yeah, this could be in a theater. And I know I'm like insane about this, but I will stick with it. Like that's my that's my final offer on it. It's fine. That. Yeah, you're valid. Um, I I'm very I've never okay to be clear, I've never seen She's All That. I was going to before today, but then like I've been covering film festivals and stuff. I'm busy. I didn't have time for it. Um, so I've not seen the original. But this film, I think, is completely, like, okay. It's very average, like you guys have been mentioning. I agree with Alina completely. Below to all the boys, above the kissing booth. Addison Ray genuinely surprised me here. Not that she's good, but, like, she is clearly, I think, the most competent part of the film, at least acting-wise. Like, I thought she was fine. I love the Kardashian cameo. Like, I didn't know she was in there, and I screamed out of, like, fear and shock and surprise and disbelief. Um, I I think it's just like, you know, it's fun. It's nothing incredible. It's nothing that needs to be seen. But if you do want to go watch like a shitty teen film that is new that you haven't seen before, there's enough iconic pieces in here. Like I love the great Gatsby party they go to that are just so random. Drop it like like it's F Scott. Absolutely. (laughs) Nice. Amazing. (laughs) So like, I don't know. I, I would, I probably would never turn this on myself again, but like if my friends were watching it, It'd be like, yeah, I mean, I would do it again. I have no hard feelings towards he's all that, but I don't think it's like, okay, wait, okay. We have to talk about though, 
poor Nisha or the actress. I think her name is Annie Jacob, Mm -hmm. who is saddled with not only having to do all of the product placement by herself, (laughs) she also (laughs) multiple times I would notice she would have a line that was coming at like the end of a scene and they would just cut it off. And if you watched her mouth, it would open to say like whatever line they thought was funny and it didn't work. And so they cut her off multiple times throughout the film. She'd like open her mouth and it cut away. (laughs) But she's like saddled with like, oh, I love Pizza Hut. Can I have some KFC? And I thought that was the end of it. And then they're in the car and she's just sitting there eating an entire bucket of KFC (laughs) by herself. And I was like, this is what we give the women of color in this film. (laughs) They're Uh, in this clearly rented out. That's one thing about this. The sets, like every single one, you can tell like, oh, that's just a very cheap house you can rent out in LA or around LA. Um, Except, except... The uh, dark room, which I have never, like, I try to, like, do the whole, um, you know, ignore what uh, could be a set. The dark room in this is the most set set I have ever seen. I was like, they made this in, like, 30 seconds. And he's like, I've, you know, used this for years. And I was like, you built this today. (laughs) It feels so clean and so faux dirty. And then there's like this blue light that's coming out of nowhere. And you're like, I think that's supposed to be outside, but that makes no sense. A for a dark room, B for whatever this is supposed to be. It was so good. Do we know which part of the film it was that they had to shut down a COVID testing site to film in? Did we know that? I have no idea. I was trying to figure okay. it out. And like none of them screamed like COVID-19 testing center, testing center to I me. I agree. <laughs> I'm going to check. I want to know. <laughs> Um, but no, but like to the, to your point, Paul, when I mentioned like, there's just random fun stuff out of oh, nowhere, the oh, KFC oh, out of oh. nowhere, the KFC, and then she just has it. And there's so many moments like that, which are just like completely random. Most of the time product placement that was just like kind of iconic, really? Yes. Um, it was the train station it was um, where they were doing COVID testing. The site of test. the Oscars also, it was yes. like, what a poetic moment to the same hall Anthony Hopkins did not accept his Oscar in. <laughs> he where he's all that takes place. And all I could think was okay. next year, they're going to be back probably, you know, accepting their awards that they deserve for this. I It was so funny throughout this film, seeing all like the LA stuff. And they would do references constantly. I think there's one point where like this nerdy 17 year old is like, we should go to the new Bev this weekend. I was like, please, no one knows what the new Bev is. I am 20. I'm now 30, but I was 29 when I first went to the new Bev and I have never heard of it before. It is not something anyone knows. So it was just like a constant, like this is 45 year old people talking about LA and then like throwing it into the mouths of like 15 year olds. As a 20-year-old who's actively planning his next trip to LA to include going to the new Bev, I'm offended by that, but whatever. Um, a, you're an old man in a child's body. And also <laughs> B, <laughs> I do like the Golden Girls thing um, for that. Um, the new Bev is a garbage theater that no one should go to on purpose. Uh, I'm sorry. Isn't that Instagram outside going to be amazing though? Yeah, it is. Quite yes. Nice. Yes. yes. You'll look yeah. very cute, but like you could walk past and pretend you It's the same with the Cinerama Dome. Like the theater, act- like I haven't actually been to the dome part, but like the actual theater in that sucks horribly. I hated it. But like, 
you know what? It was very cute outside. Take an Instagram. Wait, you've never been to the Cinerama Dome? Not inside the dome. I also, don't live in LA. I <laughs> also did you just say Cinerama Dome? It's a Rama. Rama Dome. Uh no, but um, yeah, no, the Cinerama Dome is also terrible. I saw Jurassic World was the first movie I saw in there. And I was like, this movie sucks. And also <laughs> the warping sucks. <laughs> I feel like if I've you never didn't go to see- California in general. Oh, see, I've seen you need so- to come. I know. I will visit you guys soon. But like, can we talk about the movie? Because I do have actual thoughts. Oh. Not that I don't Alina said shut plan. the fuck up and get yeah. back to the film. <laughs> Alina said this is a movie review podcast. Okay. Let's get back uh, to the fucking review. Sorry, Alina. I, okay. Go ahead, Queen. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry. Okay, Paul, go no, first. I was just going to say, um, I will say that constantly throughout this film, I kept imagining Rachel Lee Cook and Matthew Lillard hanging out and being like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, is this worth the paycheck? And that was an additional really funny moment for me. It's so like, mm-hmm. especially when they saw each other in the movie and I was like, they're definitely like <laughs> in their trailers, just like smoking up going, are our careers this bad? And Matthew Lillard would go, no, I have Scooby-Doo money, but. <laughs> <laughs> she is apparently in shit tons of Hallmark movies. So good for her. Um, Okay, I wanted to go back to, like, Nisha, and, like, I don't remember this character's name, but, like, the girl who I think the actress is, like, Ty, apparently she won, like, Thailand's Got Talent one time, so very rude of her to, um, she's the girl that's, like, friends with Addison Rae, that's not, that's it, that's, okay, great, Quinn, she doesn't get to do anything in this movie except be a lesbian, and I was really sad about it. And the same thing with Nisha. All she gets to do is do product placements and be a lesbian. And I was like, okay, but I want <laughs> be clear, more. You're not upset they... that they are lesbians. You're upset no, 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 that they no, didn't no. do more than let. Let's just be clear yeah. about this. Before you say it's a disappointment, they were gay. <laughs> First off, I'm upset that anyone's a lesbian. <laughs> I was going to follow up that thought with, it's very disappointing that literally the only two people of color in this entire fucking movie don't do anything. Not no, a no, single no, no. thing. But this is a uh, very white person movie. I will say the, that. Uh, the other person of color is the villain. So that's true. <laughs> I was like Rough sitting day. there. Rough sitting day for there. women of color. When they were like, I was like, oh, so this is this is what they've all been relegated to. <laughs> God. Like the worst person probably in a movie. Like Thanos has never been as evil as <laughs> The girl in this film was her name. Mm-hmm. A- uh, Alden. 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 Also, <laughs> if you purposely sabotage the bet, spoilers, you should like automatically lose because you spoiled it. She should have gotten loser tattooed on her fucking bitch. I, okay. <laughs> My one thing I very much enjoyed in this film was that I was sitting there and it got to the credits and I was like, you didn't tell us what the bet was. And then they cut to the bet. And I was like, that actually was great. I loved that because I was sitting there. I was like, did I miss something? That's the only moment in this that I was like, that's, that's good. And I'm glad that they both got the tattoo. It's very cute. It's very clever. Um, I hated it. I was like, you guys are losers. Who would get that tattooed (laughs) on them? What like, also like get a better font. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but like (laughs) the thing is that is something that I believe like, 
high schoolers would be like, oh, if you, you know, we'll create a bet at some point and you'll have to get a tattoo that says loser on your arm. And I was like, yeah, that's something that like teenagers do. And then the fact that they stuck with it was kind of cool. Can I quickly also, say, going back to the person yeah. of color thing, it doesn't help that the lead Addison Ray is like a heavy Trumper. Like that doesn't help at all. Yeah. And it's had multiple controversies around it and then tries to like really badly defend herself and be like, I was not saying hi because I like him. I just felt like I had to due to who I am. Like, okay, queen. And allegedly she's a registered Republican. Granted, so is The Rock. So who really knows? Is it? Wait, um, he is? He is. I'm so sorry to break your heart. But I've been he, holding that. He didn't vote for Trump. I don't think he did, but still, I, I assume mean, he you didn't just vote at you, all. I would assume like, he 100% voted for Trump and didn't vote. That's the one he thing. He could that, have. Um, as someone know. who like hangs out with LA people, um, everyone's a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> like you get a couple drinks into them and then all of a sudden they're like, oh no, but like, you know, I'm not against abortion. And you're like, oh boy. <laughs> all those, it's the, them protecting all their taxes and whatever. Yeah. It does look like The Rock um, endorsed Joe Biden. So publicly. Excellent. He so. used to be a registered Republican. So oh. he's changed. No, 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 or no. Or he just I voted for Joe over Trump, no. you know? That's something Republicans can do. He did. Actually, I remember this video because I sent it to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I had another thought, but I forget what it is. I will say, okay, I, I have one. Um, I really like the guy who played Cameron. I think yeah. he, I, I like, when everyone talks about it, they're like, oh yeah, all the acting is bad. And I'm like, he was actually it's like not. great in terms of like what his character is supposed to be um, in that he's supposed to think everyone else is very stupid, but eventually like falls for it all. I was like, yeah, this worked. He cleaned um, up great for the F Scott party. Yeah, and also believably like i knew because i've seen the image of the poster i knew he had to get a haircut but like mm -hmm. his wig was believable like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff i was like yeah i'm down for this um i remember what i was gonna say does everybody it. know that addison ray and courtney kardashian are friends in real life i mean can't say i follow them enough to know that okay i i assume I assumed, but I thought it was weird that does that plotline ever wrap? Mm, at one point, like Courtney Kardashian calls Addison Ray at the end of the movie, and Addison Ray doesn't answer, and that's how it wraps up. It's kind of like I don't need you anymore. I'm gonna be a travel influencer now. But I just wanted to let people know this because we've seen so many tweets and letterbox reviews saying, Why is Courtney Kardashian in this? Fucking keep up with pop culture, people. They're friends in real life. Wait, she but, like, was on isn't... keeping up with the Kardashians. They're friends in real life. It's very weird. Isn't Courtney like 40? Yes. That's why it's so fucking weird. I don't know how they became friends, but they are friends. Addison Ray also hangs out with Haley Bieber a lot. Uh, they go to the gym together. I yeah. watch a lot of TikTok drama videos. So that's how I know everything. Um, I don't know any good things about the TikTokers. I know all the bad shit. I will say, I will <laughs> say, um, Courtney Kardashian is probably the worst actor I have seen in a movie in my life. In that, I could feel palpably that she read the lines immediately before the cameras rolled and was like- I like to think she was reading them as she was acting. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, signs like behind book? the camera. Didn't she uh -huh. have a book or something um, that she was holding? I imagine the lines are like, or- Yeah, right. Like <laughs> she's, she's like, uh, 
I think she has her phone most of the time and she's like holding it out. So it could yeah. definitely be on that. But like every line she has is just like, I have no emotion. Um, the worst line is she goes, the boy's cute, kind of scruffy. And I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like one emotion, <laughs> like pause, do anything. Like, I know you have the best acting coaches in the world who are like, Courtney, please do one line right. <laughs> Also, at one of the parties, there's a Bryce Hall cameo. I did not see it the first time, but TikTok is blowing up about the Bryce Hall cameo because they're exes, but they were dating at the time they were filming the movie. You're welcome, Clappercast listeners, for all the tea. That's terrifying. He's in it. I saw it on TikTok. Uh, one of the things that really is pissing me off, just in terms of cinema, and we'll talk about this a couple times as we go through the rest of these movies, um, He's All That has a 1.4. A 1.4. And the majority of the responses are uh, currently 11.1 thousand said half star. And the thing is to me, and it's the problem with, I think, film criticism is nothing can be a two to two and a half star. It's either a four and above or it is a half star. And I think like this movie's not good. But either I think it should everyone, at least be in the twos. Yeah, it's like it's a definitely like it's just it's fine. Um, it just it really frustrates me when we're sitting here and like you know, uh, and I get shit on for being negative a lot. Um, <laughs> but like sometimes just movies are like okay, like they don't like it does not have to be like the worst thing you've ever seen. I wanted to think this was the worst thing I'd ever seen. And we were about to talk about something that I thought was one of the worst things I've ever seen, but this is fine. And it's just like, don't shit on something just because you're like, oh, it's a TikTok star in a remake. Like there are like aspects to this that are like kind of okay. There are some jokes in here that I like thought were kind of funny. It's definitely like a two and a half star, maybe three, depending on your opinions. I can understand one and a half, but like also one and a half is like when you don't connect with a movie whatsoever and you go and read the reviews and they're like, it was kind of funny. One star. That bugs me. It bugs me because you're just judging something based on like what you think other people are going to do. Be yourself. Okay. With, with peace and love, Paul, you do give like everything one star that you just. No, dislike. I know I do, but I, gave I give it. I'm not going to spoil today's episode, but you gave Disobedience one star. You gave Coda one star. Free Guy one star. Ammonite half a star. Really hated that one. Uh, like you consistently give out one Green Knight one star, Snake Eyes one star, Old one star, Fear Street one star, Space Jam I, one star. My, like you but I clearly, go back. I yeah. go back to judge based on how you feel about the movie. I don't think every single one of those eleven thousand believe in a half star like if you like sat there i bet they were like oh that was funny that was funny but got to do it for the fans and i think this is exact exact opposite of what we're talking about with everything every movie is about a three star honestly no matter what the movie is half the people are gonna love it half the people are gonna hate it that's a three star that's how it works movies are like that and it just bugs me that people follow what basically the influencers basically us who get to see the movies a little bit early and get to like you know put our little review and like everyone judges based on what they see in letterboxd um and you've seen that a lot of times when you go and read some reviews and they're like the movie was terrible 
but I kind of enjoyed it two star or um, the movie was terrible, but I kind of enjoyed it four star based on what everyone else does. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just annoying. And I don't think everyone one and a, or half star, sure. like half star, half star. I mean, this half is star why, for this. this is why <laughs> like, I said last week with Candyman with when the review embargo dropped and everyone was like, oh, I'm going to love it. Oh, I'm going to hate it based on whatever like the influencer said at the time. Like, I think that's very embarrassing, especially to call yourself a critic and then just base your opinion on what others think. But like, I don't look at he's all that and be like, they, they're just being unfair towards it because I gave it one and a half stars and I think it sucks. So like- No, but that's, that's fine. I'm just saying like the majority of people, I sure. feel like just vote based on, and uh, it's overall just thing of just like people not- allowing what they feel in their guts and that's honestly what we're like trying to do is like you know i feel like why we're three people who always have different opinions is like (laughs) i gave it a two and a half because i had i see i did i did two and a half and then during this conversation i was like i think i'm moving it up to a three (laughs) yes i will say this movie is better than nomad land God, we are the that. worst film podcast out there. <laughs> no, we're not. I, one third of us, great. One third of us, okay, <laughs> half the time, I'll say. One third of us, horrendous. So I don't no, know. No, but like, I, 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 I 100% agree with, you know, like, just uh, especially like, it's just overall, just like, like the movies you like. <laughs> That's all. It's just really, it really annoys me that people are like so scared to like, be the one actually this you is what i've been what? promising people... a woman i screamed about this for four like three months on the podcast yeah no promising young woman <laughs> this is no not, I, can, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with you on that like i gave it a four star but i totally appreciate people who gave it a terrible score the only movie i will not appreciate is if people say like nine days or uh the father are terrible then you have bad taste but i'll still listen to your bad taste like just stop Going with the flow. That's all. That's all. Okay. I believe you yelled at someone on this podcast previously and they've not come back since when they said some movie was better than The Father. So I I mean, they said Old was better than The Father and he could stay in Venice for all I care. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy seeing every movie I want to say six months before I do. Yeah. Well, he's on vacation in Venice. So why don't we go on vacation with vacation friends on Hulu? Nice. <laughs> I'll start us off because I was not excited for this at all. The only reason this is on the list is because Alina likes John Cena. Only reason yeah. we're going to watch this. And I was watching this expecting nothing. I also like Hulu, peace and love Hulu. Your originals do not always hit it out of the park, let's say. Uh, false positive is like horrible. But went into this movie expecting nothing and was pleasantly surprised by how much I like this film. I think I'm going to be the most positive here, even over the person who John Cena follows on Twitter. I love this film. It is so like batshit insane to a 10, but then it keeps going. And there's this really like wholesome energy to it. I think the performances, all four of the lead main performances are fantastic. John Cena is just so fun and providing something new. There's so many actors who get into their stint. We talk about Taika Waititi. We talk about Ryan Reynolds, especially when it comes to comedy. And it feels like every performance is the same. John Cena continues to evolve. 
Um, and I just really had so much fun with this one. I thought this had a great screenplay, great dialogue, great performances. Like obviously the story beats and emotions are nothing spectacular, but as a comedy, this one like genuinely had me entertained throughout, which is something very little, very few comedies, you know, succeed with anymore. So I was a big fan of Vacation Friends. I am the one who John Cena follows on Twitter and I reviewed this. (laughs) I do really like this movie it's like it's solid for a comedy I don't think I like hyper criticized it because I'm really into comedies and like the main problems I had with it is the movie is not as fun once they leave Mexico I kind of wish they had stayed in Mexico for like a lot longer than they did but I understand why that didn't happen um John Cena is the best part of this movie he is so good at comedy um and I feel like he overshadows a lot of the other people in this um like the girl who plays Kyla was really great in like a lot of scenes but like when her and John Cena are together I feel like John Cena just like takes all the spotlight which is fine I appreciate that I love John Cena being the center of attention um and then Lil Rel Howery and I think her name is her name's Yvonne um something I forget her last name right now I'll check it out later but apparently she's in she's in the tv show insecure I think it is and she's very funny in that I've heard from people on twitter and I feel like um like I haven't seen that show but if she is like allegedly that funny and insecure it's kind of like unfortunate that she doesn't really get any like times to show her comedic chops that allegedly exist I want to go and I've been meaning to watch Insecure so um like I just feel like the balance of characters could have been a little better and also there's like no build-up throughout the movie like there's not very much growth at all for like any of the characters because like Lil Rel Howery's character is like supposed to be like uptight and like likes to live by the rules then like 10 minutes into the movie he's doing like cocaine margaritas in Mexico like there's just I needed a crescendo and it was just like a flat line but like a high flat line like I did really like this movie I'm stoked for Vacation Friends too. John Cena is killing the game he's my king I love him proud of him Uh, I recommend you watch Vacation Friends you'll probably hate it because people who like movies don't often like comedies because you guys don't like to have fun but you should watch it anyway (laughs) we're just like really tearing into our audience right now um, I, I did like this, um, but I, I liked the first act so much mm-hmm. and then the rest of it, I was just like, eh, fine. Um, I feel like once it got to where it's like, we have to have an emotional arc, it just kind of lost itself. Um, but I did enjoy all the, like, um, you know how in these movies they have like a scripty aspect and it's like oh here's something set up in act one and it'll matter in act three they have a couple of those and all of them work that bird's gonna shit that was so funny (laughs) yeah or um uh, you should uh cover your testicles when you do this no 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 don't do that uh things like that that all like when they came back i was like that's funny 
I also I like say it. I really like the drug trip in this. I like one of the things I'm fascinated by with cinema. One of the small things is how movies handle drug trips because there's like obviously like thirty thousand different ways you can do it, and it's always really interesting seeing what a film does. And I felt like this one like visually looked interesting and original, which is hard to do. So I really appreciated that. Just a random small thing I enjoyed in it. Yeah. Um, but when they got to the, uh, you're a clown sequence, that was the first time in the movie that I had to skip. If you don't know me, uh, I do skip situations in movies that make me really uncomfortable. That was one of them. Um, I just, I couldn't do it. Like watching it, I was just like, this is unfunny and also uncomfortable. And I don't need this in my life. (laughs) So yeah, but overall, I did like this a lot more than I was expecting. Um, Even like I was expecting the age gap between uh, Meredith and John Cena to be like too much because it is 10 years IRL, but like she does play older well enough and he does play a little bit younger to where I was like, I'll believe it. Even though like clearly like he's, he's older than her. Also, that hair on John Cena, never seen his hair that long. How it just like flows in the wind. So it definitely helps that aspect at least. Yeah. In, and- go ahead. In WWE, he so normally has like a buzz cut that when he like took a break from professional wrestling, when he came back with his hair like that, everybody was fucking shook. They're like, what's happening? So I'm appreciate that we finally got an explanation for John Cena's insane hair growth. That's so funny. Yeah, I I just, this was fine to me. I think that when it got emotional and those like last couple beats, I was like, I don't, I don't have any connection to this. I think it's badly written. But in the same point to you, Alina, Vacation Honeymoon sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun because I can imagine what it is. Mm-hmm. it's definitely i be- did cry in this movie i will say oh no <laughs> he was talking about his friend and how marcus reminded him of his friend i was like oh no i'm a little bit emotional john cena <laughs> oh yeah that needed to be a little bit like that needed to be a little bit harder of a beat because i mm-hmm. did think that was cute but i just wish it was stronger yeah it wasn't uh, like tears falling but it was like tearing up no i know i would describe Uh, it i just i feel like they pulled back because they were like oh i'm worried this is gonna be too sad and it's like no i think you could have done it um because this is not barb and star this is not like you know incredibly funny it's more like one of those like um i think one of my friends told me that it was a adam sandler movie with a better cast sorry alina um (laughs) and it was like, yeah, no, I see that. Because um, it is. It's like people who actually like want to be there versus like a paycheck job. Um, but the same kind of emotional beats. And I wish if they'd hit that a little bit harder, I think it could have been really impactful and explained why they're so crazy. Um, I will also say like, I'm not particularly sure I get the final margarita cocaine joke. Um this was like something that kind of bugged me because I thought that they had learned their lesson. Um, Meredith Hagner's and uh, John Cena's characters had learned their lesson that like, maybe don't be so crazy. And then it's like, wait, 
what is the salt on the rim of this uh, margarita glass? And I was like, oh, so they did cocaine again? That doesn't really fit for their characters anymore. They're supposed mm-hmm. to have muted because they're hanging That's out. That's what I people. mean with like, it didn't feel like there was like any buildup in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the characters don't have an arc at all. And I agree, but I guess when like something is genuinely funny, I at mm-hmm. least personally can overlook it a little bit more. Like, I don't think the movie like rested or like defined itself by the fact of like, oh, there's growth here or there's emotion. Like, it's just, I, I the base level is it's funny <laughs> and it works on that level. But I would agree overall with that. Though also like, they can't really be muted. And then you do like honeymoon friends. Like, eh, you know, I would rather than be a little bit more crazy. So I, I think it yeah, but, I mean, works. I think honeymoon friends was what the script uh, Alina was saying that like, it's uh, supposed to be Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. So no. how old is the script? It's from, no, but I'm saying like, at least 2014. Yeah. So it's like nearly a decade old. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, to say like, oh what about the sequel no one was thinking about the sequel when they were making this they were like we're finally finishing this damn movie Mm -hmm. um i firmly believe that john cena should replace chris pratt in all movie roles going forward i did tweet that this week and somebody who is a man and does not follow me nor follow everyone anyone i know so he's just a random person in the twitterverse replied to it just saying no and i'm like first of all Men aren't allowed to reply to my tweets unless I'm friends with them. Second of all, was this man just searching John Cena on Twitter or like Chris Pratt on Twitter? So I didn't at them. I didn't tag them. I didn't hashtag anything. I was like, how did you find my tweet? It was odd. Didn't write vacation friends in it. So he's just scrolling through like the millions of tweets about Chris Pratt and John Cena and had to reply to my tweet. I'm like, Let's be honest. Off. It was probably, I'm right. It was probably Chris Pratt from an alt account. Let's be very real here. <laughs> well, Chris Pratt, if you follow me on Twitter or are listening to this with a burner account, fuck you. <laughs> Which I'm sure he is. Add, add him he's to the, the list. Worst Chris. <laughs> he's just so like uninteresting. He's not funny. He's not good. I just really don't, I don't need him in anything ever. It's it's so funny Um, as someone who like is very uh, mid on uh, Chris Pratt. um, He's had the weirdest career because he was the hot guy. Then he was like the chubby, like comedic guy. And now he's like hot action star again. And during that time also like dated Anna Ferris, who was at the height of her game when they started dating to dumping her for a random Schwarzenegger um, <laughs> and becoming like a hardcore Republican. So many things about Republicans this episode. <laughs> They're like all throughout here. Um, yeah, no, I just, I have no like particular problems with him. Um, I think he was great in, what was it, Future War? Um, that's War. where, Tomorrow War, that's where he should stay. Um, it's like in those kind of like B-movie action things. Uh, I think his comedy career is kind of like DOA. Um, he used to be able to do it, but there's something about like someone who was like a chill guy and now is like the star of jurassic world that just doesn't work for him anymore um he's okay in those films 
actually. I'm the tomorrow uh, Jurassic world he should stay. I agree with that. Yeah. I just I don't think he can ever go back to that comedy world. And I think he'll probably try right. in a very like Channing Tatum way. And I feel the same way about Channing Tatum. You're not a comedian anymore. Don't try. I like Channing Tatum in comedy, actually. I thought he was fine and free guy. I know I wasn't he, on that episode, but I should have been. You should have been because um I know I listened to I, it and I was like, I oh, I, <laughs> I rinsed Channing Tatum. I think Channing Tatum, who is a very nice man, probably the nicest person on the mm, second nicest person on the Logan Lucky set. Um is a like behind very... Paul Price, to be clear. That's what he's referring no, to. No, it was behind Sebastian Seb- Stan. Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Which who we stan. Yeah, I know. I was about to say I stan Stan. Um no, like Channing Tatum is a very nice man and deserves a great career. However, he does not deserve a comedy career. And he's too hot for that. And he should just move on. <laughs> Enjoy dating uh the new Catwoman. I love those pictures of them together, by the way. Like he's giving me pure himbo golden retriever energy. And like he followed all of the like Zoe Kravitz Stan Instagram accounts. Like I'm fucking living for it. <laughs> well, Incredible. on that, on that, <laughs> why don't we move on to probably the mo- more relevant new release and what we've talked about so far. Paul why don't you talk about Amazon? We went from Netflix to Hulu. Now we're over to Amazon Prime with Cinderella. How, you know, we got another Cinderella. We definitely needed another one. Did you like it? Um, no. <laughs> um, okay, so I was really expecting to like absolutely hate this and I did. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Like, no, okay. So I will say when I started watching this, I had heard them constantly repeating the, if it's a million to one. And so I was like, oh, okay. It's a full on musical. And then when it revealed itself to be a jukebox musical with one song, I was like, I was kind of (laughs) completely thrown off. And like people will talk about it and they'll be like, oh, it's a jukebox, it's fine. No, the amount of on the nose songs that they constantly do, like <laughs> for example, the uh wicked wicked stepmother sings uh material girl. Material girl. <laughs> um <laughs> the the prince sings uh somebody to love which i hated the hated. worst song um everyone together sings am i wrong for literally no reason i could not <laughs> figure out the like some person would be like am i wrong and i'm like wrong about what <laughs> thinking that they could be something for real come on paul <laughs> but there was they hadn't really met each other yet um it's I thought it was about like, oh, is she gonna be like, am I good enough to be a dressmaker? Am I good enough Fine, to take on the patriarchy? Not- and I was like, fuck off with this girl bossification of Cinderella. I can't do it. Um, they do. Uh, Billy Porter sings "Shining Star," which was really the moment. And I want to say, 
when Billy Porter showed up and retroactively everyone who said he's the best part of this movie is a fucking liar um he is literally there for a paycheck and I've never seen more of a paycheck role in my entire goddamn life like he's literally sitting there just like yeah I'll I'll vamp around for you for a second like you fucking weirdos and then I'm gonna leave and never (laughs) appear in this movie again um but he sings shining star and then back to back with what a man combined with Alina if you want to say it because I know it really upset you (laughs) my brain is blanking right now what was it okay uh it was seven nation army but oh yeah god that was why was that song in this that was no, but, but you, like, you should probably say it. So like he can, he, it out. Car, <laughs> okay. Carson can cut us together. So yeah. I said, along with Seven Nation Army. God, <laughs> I like blacked that part out because it's just so that is the choiciest choice of a song in this film, I would argue. Jesus and, Christ. Okay. And here's the thing the one moment of pure joy in this movie was also after both of those when they combined them for like a half second i was like oh this kind of fucks and i was like when they were like playing what a man over seven nation army i was like this works and then nothing else does that and also because they only did it once it like feels false like retroactively i'm like Oh, those these were the only two songs you could figure out to like merge like this. Um, because I'm a I'm a big remix guy, so I'm always down for like things like that. Everything else is just really bad. Let's get loud playing. It's just like it's so pedantic in a way that's like embarrassing. This whole film, it feels like it's shot like a a freshman film student project light lighting issues specifically throughout in a way that I was like wow that looks real terrible and you're just gonna leave it like that in a movie for Amazon (laughs) like this is a very like one of the number one companies in the world like what are you doing I'm curious what you guys thought though I thought this was laughably bad I would do want to go quickly just because last week I shitted on everyone who looked at the video of James Corden in a rat costume humping a car (laughs) And I really got on people for like hating that. And I said, look, you can hate the movie all you want, but this clip did not cause you pain. And I stand by that. That clip did not cause me pain. It was 15 seconds long and it was funny. Now I've seen the film and I'm going to say the film was shit. It was absolutely horrendous. I thought this was embarrassingly bad. It is such a cheap attempt. And I do mean cheap also in like the financial terms, because clearly it was a cheap film for every aspect. It looks horrible. The songs are all irrelevant. Like they definitely went on whatever, like they were like, hey, what's the cheapest songs, like kind of relevant that we can use and put into the film to make this like a fun musical. And it's just outdated already. But like, it's clearly meant to be like, lol, Gen Z is going to love this. They're going to love all the references. They're going to love the songs. They love the Am I Wrong song. That was so fun back in the day. They love Billy Porter coming out. He's going to be gay and they're going to put on her suit. And like, clearly this is meant to be like, a Gen Z is going to love it. And like, it fails. It is laughable. It's like embarrassingly bad. I cannot get over how embarrassing I thought this film was. Needed more of a budget. Needed just 
anyone else doing anything else. Probably everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera should have just been fired except for the costume designer because the costumes were fun and it just was bad. I thought this was like close to a disaster. Yeah, um, actually, before Alina pops in, um, it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing about like, this is for Gen Z. It specifically felt like old gay to me, <laughs> like uh, Gen X gay, like very focused on them. Like, you remember these songs from your childhood? Now, like new people are singing them. Isn't that cool? It was just like very like, I, you I know, felt- it was the anthem of the Stonewall riots. Am I wrong? Yeah. I loved it back then. <laughs> No, but everything else, it was like very like, I imagined like I'm stuck with one of my friends who's like, let's go to the WeHo gay bars on karaoke night. And then you're like sitting there and there's some guy who's singing and he's like, I'm a material girl. And you're like, oh God, please kill me. And it okay, just felt like that's that. rude. Cause when I do karaoke and I'm singing material <laughs> girl out there at the WeHo bars, I think I'm pretty good. So I don't know why you're judging me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Carson, right? you Carson, you have giant like late fifties energy, even though you were a nineteen year old. <laughs> I'm twenty. It's like that TikTok where like how old you are. I'm twenty. I'm twenty. Okay. Uh, um, can I go now? <laughs> can I go now? <laughs> like literally leave. Bill, I don't want to have Billy any conversation. Por- Billy Porter, this. as soon as he finishes his line in the film, can I go now? <laughs> oh my god, this go movie. It was my own personal hell. I hate musicals. I really do not like musicals. Mamma Mia, here we go again, is the exception. I don't even like the first Mamma Mia that much. That's controversial. Um, I'm sorry, but Mamma Mia 2 is way better than the first one, and we can fight in the parking lot on that. Um, So I knew I was not going to enjoy this, but I did not think it was going to be like as miserable as it was because I was like, there should be some fun things about this. There is not. There is like no good jokes except for when the mice become human and they're like talking about peeing out of their front tail. That was funny and stupid. I liked that part. That was it. The mice were cute. Everything else I fucking hated. The CGI for the mice wasn't even that good. I was just happy that there was mice there. I also liked how they would like squeak along to the music because like apparently Cinderella couldn't understand them. Um, There's no reason for like any more Cinderella adaptations. There's been so many bad ones and so many good ones. And I think the 2015 Kenneth Branagh version is the be all end all and we should leave it alone. There are other... Disney princesses and fairy tales to beat to death okay like god I know this isn't like Disney affiliated but holy shit um James Corden is fine he gets too much hate he was fine in this Camilla Cabello not great and also apparently she wait 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 wait. until one song what um I will say I thought Camila Cabello was very funny, but then about three-fourths of the way through the movie, I went, she's just doing Abby Jacobson from Broad City. And it, like, I retroactively went and watched some scenes, and I was like, oh my god. Not even just a little bit. She literally watched, and I will bet money, she watched Abby Jacobson and was, like, doing, like, the same, like, especially the line when she's, like, 
I was just singing about it. Like the way she does the cadence is like, oh, she was practicing. And they were like, no one knows who Abby Jacobson is. She's not a rel- she's not relevant anymore. She's doing animated cartoons. You're fine. Go steal her <laughs> entire personality. I noticed. <laughs> yeah, but it made the only show. good part of the film was like the little line she did. So like, I'll take mm-hmm. it. You know, it made it yeah. better. So apparently she co-wrote the Million to One song, but she can't hit like a lot of the notes in it, which I feel mean saying, because I do not have- Don't like, feel any... bad because she's a performer. She's a I know. <laughs> and like, I'm not. And like, I cannot like pick up on like pitch and things like that. And even I was like, this is a bit like, oof. And like you're supposed to be from like Fifth Harmony and whatever, girl. Um, the only good parts of her, I think, were when she was interacting with Billy Porter's character, who is like the fairy godmother. But for some reason, the press kit called him Fab G. And I don't remember them saying that in the movie, but his character is called Fab G. And I hate that. It's the I hate it thing. too. Um, yep. Also, speaking about gay content, um, <laughs> that prince was so gay. I agree. Um, he turns like, down ro- ruling the world, and the only <laughs> thing he has to do is go to parties and fuck a woman. Like, and I, I'm I'm gay, but I'm gonna say that, uh, probably in a, I would consider an attractive woman. Let's say all he has to do is nothing else. He can do everything else however he wants, and he says, "No, I don't want to fuck the woman. Sorry." Well, he's and then there's a whole a conversation. There's a whole conversation with his friend, and he's like, "I love you," and I was like, "Oh," and like. You know, I'm trying to like stay one step ahead of this movie. I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen? Is she needs her like money to start her business, and so you're gonna think because this is like you know Cinderella that she's gonna end up with the prince, but actually he's gay, and she's gonna be like, could I have money for my business? And he'd be like, yeah, that's fine because you're amazing and you're such a cool person. And I was like, that's what's happening. She's gonna like. You know, and oh, cool. You know, it isn't really even Cinderella at this point. It's just like, you know, a gal pal and her friend. No, they still get together. And instead, he becomes this very sad, like, (laughs) stay at home dad who gives up his entire life. And I'm sorry to people who don't want spoilers, but like, do you really care? It's Cinderella. Uh, (laughs) But instead, he's like, I will just give up the throne and we'll just be like, poor. (laughs) I. No, I feel like he still gets some sort of an inheritance because Cinderella needs to like something to fund her business with. Also, um, I did really like the joke about Pierce Brosnan's limited singing range. That was funny. It was funny, except I don't know if like, you have to have watched Mamma Mia, which is a movie I, I have not watched. So yeah, like- I haven't seen I, the first one. No, but I, I knew the joke based on you guys. Otherwise, I would have been like, what is happening right now? It really is like you have to have watched another movie to get this joke because the only movie he's ever sang in is Mamma Mia or Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. So like it doesn't, the joke is specifically for like a niche audience on top of a niche audience. Like how many people watch Mamma Mia 1? Like seven people. Lots, Carson, a seven lot times. of middle-aged women actually. <laughs> I've watched and number Carson. two a lot. Number one I've only seen a few times okay. Yeah two is way better as we have already stated. Also yeah. I must say this before I forget going back to somebody to love. I know you guys don't like Queen but like I feel like this was a disrespect 
to Freddie Mercury's legacy. And also, they already did Somebody to Love and Ella Enchanted, which granted is not a direct Cinderella adaptation, but it's a fairy tale and her name is fucking Ella in it. So why would you do Somebody to Love in a movie that already did it better that is also Cinderella adjacent? Because when Anne Hathaway (laughs) does Somebody to Love for the Giants, that scene fucks. It's so good. It's iconic. And the prince just could not handle Freddie's vocal range. It was rough. I almost skipped it, but I was like, I must power through. Also, my final thoughts on this movie are I hated the capitalism and girl boss stuff. Feminists are going to hate me, but like, you don't need to have a business, just stay home and have a man pay for everything. You can still make dresses and you can send them out to people and you can still be queen. You can just coast off a man and help get you there a lot faster. I'm just saying, but she does that anyway, because I know she's going to use the prince's inheritance money for her business. So what is the point of all this girl boss shit? I don't believe it. I'm not buying oh, it. No, I completely agree. And it's also actually really funny when the evil stepmother is like, I was a concert pianist. And now I can't do that. And she's like, now you can. And I was like, what changed? Like the Nothing. laws are still, you'll go to jail based on what everyone has said. Like also he, the king, prince king, whenever he becomes king could have easily just changed the fucking law. So like, I don't understand why he didn't become king. They just had to add the girl boss sister in there. And I'm like, there's no reason for that character to exist. I feel like if the prince wanted to show more growth, he could have been a feminist himself and not just a piece of shit frat boy. And before we go any further, let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode. You know what? I have three final thoughts on this film. Number one, I think it says something that the most memorable song relating to this film is the Lights, Camera, and Jackson song about the little review he did. Iconic. <laughs> loved it. Only good thing that child, he's adult now, but I'm still going to call him a child. Only good thing that child's ever done with his life. Number two, shocked Havana was not in this. Like, absolutely <laughs> amazed. I was like, for sure, she has to pull it out. She pulled it out at I every live performance she did for about 20 years. So, like, <laughs> I thought for sure she would do it, but nope, no Havana. Shocked. Last point I'll make there is genuine magic in this film. Like, somehow it extended its runtime to 113 fucking minutes. Even like, and it doesn't change that much. It's not like this is like a wild new take on the story. It's pretty much the same fucking story. Even the 2015 one that changed a shit ton of it came in at like 10 or 15 minutes less than this one. So I don't know how it got to that many minutes. There must be some witchcraft, magic, evil sorcery going on here. It just kept going. And I was like, it's not doing anything though. How is it still going? (laughs) I don't like it. This movie sucked. Cinderella dressed in yellow went upstairs to kiss a fellow by mistake she kissed a snake did we need another remake final thought (laughs) I hope Paul has no clue what that is so he's just confused no my dog threw up so I was dealing with that so more fun than Cinderella (laughs) um yeah I was actually sitting there I was like it's the same consistency as Cinderella (laughs) uh so yeah no, I, I, I did not like this, but it is still not my least favorite movie we watched this week. That is terrifying. Um, let's get into that final film, which is Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the newest MCU film 
We just had one with Black Widow. We have two more coming out this year. We're halfway through the marathon, which is MCU this year, as far as feature films, not including series and stuff. Alina, I know you're probably the biggest MCU film out of the three of us. I feel confident saying that. Um, what were your thoughts MCU on this? <laughs> you're the biggest I am. Fan. Oh, did I say film? I meant fan. I'm the biggest, <laughs> Alina, the biggest MCU film we have. <laughs> Um, yeah, I bring Infinity War levels of energy to how much I enjoy Marvel movies. I acknowledge that most of them are not good. I wouldn't say Shang-Chi is my favorite Marvel movie, and I do need to do an MCU rewatch, but I feel like after watching it last night, it's like cracking my top 15. I understand why people wouldn't like this. But I had a really fun time with it. I really liked the action. I liked the humor. Um, I thought Simu Liu and Aquafina had great chemistry. Um, I thought Tony Leung was great. I love a villain who's like, I will burn down the entire world for the woman I love. That is one of my favorite villain tropes. So I thought he was great. I thought like the family stuff was good. I just really enjoyed it. I thought there was like a bit too much um, flashbacks and backstory, but I understand like why. Um, I liked a lot of the references to like past MCU movies, which we will talk about later when we get to the spoiler sections. We stop annoying our listeners with ruining everything, but I liked it. I thought it did a good job of like connecting to like Chinese mythology based on my like very limited knowledge of Chinese mythology. Um, cause I have little cousins who are half Taiwanese. I've like heard a lot of like stuff from them. Um, and I'm excited for them to see it because I just have a feeling that this is going to mean a lot to them because they do really enjoy Marvel. Like they're little in the sense that they're like, um, 10 to 18. So I feel like this will really like gravitate with them. Um, yeah. And also before we like fully get into it, I'm so sorry for any Chinese names I mispronounced. I did practice, but I'm going to butcher them and i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i'll quickly go next for paul rants on the spoiler alert about paul uh this is my third least favorite marvel film of all time i hated this film with a passion um i will say no one could can and no one should even attempt to take away like what this means as far as representation on a blockbuster level being in the mcu yes we've had representation of asian-led superheroes and characters and other films and other projects but even the fact that there's so much uh mandarin like spoken within the film like it is a huge deal and I don't want to take away from that at all. But as a film, I think this fails on really every level. And I'll first say I'm biased immediately. I don't like Kung Fu martial arts films. It's one of the genres I dislike. I dislike Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I dislike, it's not my thing. Very similar to Westerns. So I like already the film is not working for me. But I found this to be unsufferably boring in every sense. I think the story itself, we talked about this Black Widow. If you're not directly influencing or continuing one of the dozen plots already started in the MCU, I really don't care. Like it's like a TV show at this point and it just feels like a filler episode. I thought the acting was horrible. I hated all the characters 
directors. I was bored by every single piece of this film because it's been done in 2021 alone, much less the MCU as a whole already. The story beats are so similar to Mortal Kombat and Snake Eyes in certain ways. And that's not at all to reduce what these films mean individually or their individual identities, but the story beats are so similar. And the actual Mortal Kombat was more fun than the action in this film. I mean, the best action piece in this movie is a bus scene and nobody already did a better bus action scene this very year. I mean, even the location of San Francisco, which they start out in, it already has been used in Ant-Man and the Wasp as a playground for destruction. Like it's already been done. This movie in every piece and every aspect, it's already been done. It doesn't, I don't care about it being in the MCU doesn't work for me as an action film. The story I could not care less about. There's so much backstory and so many flashbacks. I literally left the theater halfway to go take a bathroom break because I was like, I can't sit through another you know, flashback. The only two films this year were reminiscent this that I had to leave halfway through because I was so bored to go to the bathroom. So like, I just, I don't want to take away from the positives and the importance of this film, but I hate this movie. Paul, go ahead. It was my least favorite MCU, full stop. Full stop. Um, I went and looked through the list, and I was like, if you asked me, would I watch? And then I went through every single one of those movies, and I was like, no, none of these. I am going to go, I wouldn't watch that over this. Uh, And I understand uh, what you're saying, but I'm flipped. I am a huge Kung Fu fan. Um, I was raised on, you know, films like Crouching Tiger, Hero, uh, House of Flying Daggers, Kung Fu Hustle, um, you know, all these films that it were like, especially during that, my, uh, my upbringing, they were like really popular. And I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, this is uh, a pastiche of all of these. And not in a way that's like, oh, it's a um you know understanding of that and treating them with respect it really felt like you know i said in my letterbox review like these movies are camembert and this is cheese whiz like <laughs> we're sitting there and we're watching these this movie and i'm like none of this is like nothing is elevating these at all or even fitting into the mcu if you wanted to take a kung fu movie and put it in the mcu you know, uh, there was a leak originally. I don't know if you guys know this, but the original leak of what this movie was going to be was that he was in a tournament similar to like Tekken or Mortal Kombat or something like that. And he was going to fight all of like the like lesser uh, MCU characters as he built up to eventually uh, Fin Fang Foom, who is in this movie, I think. I've been researching all weekend trying to figure out if it's actually supposed to be Finn Fang Foom, um, who is a great character. And if this is him, it is embarrassing. Um, he's a dragon, by the way, and he's amazing. Um, but it, that was what I heard. getting into the spoilers for no, our no, 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 no. <laughs> You already saw a dragon in the trailer. So you know what? Um, I don't feel bad about that. I'm just making uh, sure. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell when we get to the when we get to the but like um so i'm sitting there and i'm like watching and i was like oh cool we're getting to the uh, the fight and i'm not saying that i was judging based on 
be Reddit spoilers because I always assume the Reddit spoilers are not real. But like this was like the worst version of <laughs> like what could have been the story. Um, they they show Abomination in the trailer, and Abomination is in it for five seconds, and it's not even like if he had not been shown in the trailer, I would have cared more that he just showed up. I would have been like, is that Abomination? The only reason I knew it was Abomination was because the trailers existed and I read it online. Um, Same with Wong, who doesn't show up till the post-credits after this. Everything about this movie just feels like, you know, it feels so- Wong is in it earlier, by the way. Wong's in the- Yeah, he's fighting him. That's that's what I meant. I meant before. I said he's only in it for a second before. Um. The post credit scene. Uh, we will go into the post credit scene, but um, not right now. We're in the spoiler free zone. Yeah, I know. I'm saying. Um, yeah. Overall, it just it feels like a movie that wants to be these like classic films, and then just steals blatantly from. I mean, you go and look at uh, the director, and his films are like short term twelve, which is great, and then. Um, Just Mercy, which is terrible, and also Glass House, which is my mom's favorite book and is also terrible. Um, the book is good. This was bad. He does not know how to really direct after Short Term 12, which was specifically his baby. I mean, I will quickly say going off the director, because I disagree with you about Just Mercy. I actually like Just Mercy quite a bit. I've not seen The Glass Castle. Um, and I, I am biased because he went to the same school that I'm currently going to. So like, we love you, Dustin. Um, make SDSU proud. Uh, but I think the bigger issue is they just doesn't know how to direct action. He's never directed action before. He's done drama, drama, drama. And now he's thrusted into this where he has to carry an MCU film with a ton of action. And I think he pulls those references in simply to like support him to stand on like a crutch because he doesn't know how to make his own action sequences, but those just get distracting and they feel out of place. So I really like, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't, think it's because he doesn't know how to direct at all because i think he's quite a good director it is the fact of like he doesn't know how to direct action and that translation to an mcu film is really difficult and we mentioned last week nia da costa doing the marvels i'm a little worried it's going to be very similar to her and you know we will see but i think that's just one of the risks of taking these directors who are known for their indie dramas and putting them in charge of a major blockbuster action film but maybe that's just me No, and I completely agree. And also, overall, this feels like a very phase one movie. And I will Mm -hmm. say, if Eternals is going to be phase one, and uh, Black Widow was like basically a phase one, but like set in the middle of phase three, but it still felt like a phase one movie. um, If we're about to go back to doing like phase one bullshit again, and that's going to be a consistent thing, I, you know, Carson, you've said in your reviews and stuff, like, I'm done with the MCU after this movie. It's like, that's how I'm feeling. It's like, I will watch them for this podcast. (laughs) But like, emotionally, I can't care because I can't do a bunch of phase one nonsense again. And that's what uh, WandaVision felt like to me. That's what uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like to me. That's what Loki felt like to me. It's just like, oh, we've got to reintroduce things and it's very basic and nothing's really like connected. And 
you have to have known all of this stuff. Otherwise you'll be confused, but also none of it matters. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's- I do feel like that phase four, it's definitely like phase one, 2.0, as we're introducing all of these new Marvel characters. It's chapter so one of book two. Origin story. Yeah. yeah, this is all origin story. And this is what I've been saying, not to cut you off, Lena, I'll let you talk quickly, but That's like, fine. it's like, this is what I'm saying is the fact of when it first happened, the MCU first bit, which let's say book one started with Incredible Hulk or Iron Man, whatever that would the first one officially was and ended with Endgame or let's say ended with Far From Home right? That's a nice book there. And that's a nice thing. But we didn't know what the plan was. It was fresh. It was new. It was exciting. When you got 10 years into it and you got Endgame, you didn't know when you watched Iron Man, we're gonna have to wait 10 years for this character to have a full narrative. Now we know. So we're getting the setup. We're getting all these origin stories. And the fact is, we're not going to get a payoff for these things for 10 years. And I cannot be bothered to just casually, because I'm not enjoying these projects at all. The only project I've enjoyed so far out of phase four is the first like two episodes of Loki. Might've been the first three. Other than that, I've disliked all of these. So I cannot be bothered to know, care, oh, what's Wanda going to do? What's her narrative going to be? When I know it's not going to be paid off for 10 fucking years. Like it doesn't work on round two. And if they think this is an established formula that's going to continue to work for you know years to come, for decades to come, I just don't see that working. It's getting so tiresome and so boring. And that's why I said with Black Widow, it's what I'm saying here. I just don't care. Well, yeah, and I'll bump in right before Elena because I feel like you have a lot to say. Um, I was just going to say, uh, same point, like the only movie that I've liked out of this grouping, even uh, including Far From Home and now the uh, additional series, the D plus series, I liked Black Widow, but Black Widow does not matter. Like <laughs> Black Widow is such a phase three movie. Like, you know, you read a lot of reviews and people are like, yeah, it just didn't matter. And it's like, yeah, I enjoyed it, but it also, I know it doesn't matter. Like clearly Scarlett Johansson is never coming back to that character. So this is just like done. Um, So, uh, you know, to me, I'm like looking towards the future and I'm like, you guys are going to have to convince me with Eternals and like, what's the next one? The Spider-Man movie, which I don't really count because that's fully a Sony movie. Like, And it's not setting it feels like it's continuing that story which is already established so i agree that's why spider-man's the one i'm excited for but after that it's doctor strange 2 black uh, panther 2 which also okay hawkeye um, is a series but continuing black widow i guess uh remind me about uh doctor strange 2 when we talk about spoilers okay but alina go for it um I was, I mean, I feel like you guys like covered like everything I want to say. Like, I do completely understand why you guys like don't like it. I just, I enjoyed the character and I don't know. I feel like with how phase four is going so far, I think this is my favorite project from it. I did really like all of the characters in this and I thought they like worked really well as like a family and it did feel very origin story, but I'm not mad about that because I think it did a good job introducing Shang-Chi to the 
Marvel Universe. Um, so I think we can get into spoilers now. Um, and like, so the end credit scene is them. So it's Wong, who is from Doctor Strange, Bruce Banner, which I understand, and then Captain Marvel. And then I was like, fuck off. Because I just like, not to sound like an insult, I really don't like Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. So when she okay, popped up, I was but annoyed. You know- you know why she you know why she's there though right because it's like space bullshit and I was no, like, no, no, no 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 why is she there she is there because fucking uh destined daniel cretton the um the director is the one who discovered her and so oh. she brought him into the mcu <laughs> like if you want to know why this guy is directing a movie if you're like this guy can't direct a movie for the MCU, it's because uh, Brie Larson was like, it's my friend. She has been in every one of his movies. And so like when she showed up, I was expecting her to show up earlier. When she was just a cameo, I was like, wow, restraint. <laughs> like I was oh. really expecting in like act three for her to be like, hi, I'm Captain Marvel. I, and let me like talk a lot. <laughs> I feel like the end credit scene, it's just gonna give the insults another reason not to like Captain Marvel. Because, like, she, there was no point for her to be there. I was like, okay, I understand that this could have stuff to do with space, but it's not necessary for you to be here. And then that whole thing was like, oh, you can get my number from Bruce. And she left. And I was like, you could have just not been here this entire time. She was useless. And I didn't like it. Um, makes sense for Bruce and to be there because he's a science guy. It makes sense for Wong but, to be there because it's magic. But... Why is he Mark Ruffalo and not the Hulk? Because we spent a whole goddamn scene in Endgame, which is technically, for all we know, set like six months before this. And he was like, I can't change into Bruce Banner anymore. I am only Hulk. And it's like, was uh, he Hulk not- at uh, Iron Man's funeral? Yeah. Oh. He was yeah. Hulk the entire movie. And oh, CGI is expensive. And no, no, no. And uh, fucking uh, Captain Marvel had short hair in Endgame, which is directly before yeah. this. And she has a full ass head of hair. And so, like, I was sitting there and I was like, wait a second. So we have people listen, they fully counted on people forgetting all of that because I did. <laughs> oh, see. I feel like it was the opposite. I felt like people are going to be like, oh, so now I have to watch She-Hulk to find out why he's Hulk now. Because mm. now, uh, and here's the thing. <laughs> the face Alina made, everyone. I know it's an audio podcast. I like Marvel, but, it was but I, I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Well, that's what, that's what <laughs> I want to love these so much. And then I was sitting there, I was like, so what you're telling me is She-Hulk comes out in what, 2022? Yes. I'm going to have to find yeah. out why this, post credit scene why he looks like a human in 2022 i'm gonna have to wait till the end of 2022 to find out why she has long hair even though she had short hair and maybe it won't come up also last time we saw the abomination he was a monster in like what 2006 something like that 2003 something like that um no because it's been Oh, wait. oh, you might he's be right. The, yeah. He's in the Incredible Hulk, the 2008 uh, one. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting there and you're telling me that I have to wait another couple years to find out why he's a good guy now? Yeah. Across the board, I'm just like, 
guys, you can't do this anymore. Like these, like, especially in a post COVID world, I need shit to happen. <laughs> like, um, and this like teases aren't fun. Also, this was the exact, um, the end tease, the end end tease is the exact same to the like camera shot that they do at the end of Mandalorian season two, where it's like a character you thought maybe was a good person now who used to be bad is actually bad. And now they're ruler of something. And I was like, I, are you serious? We're doing this again. And it's like, uh, but what I was going to say about uh, Dr. Strange Doctor Strange did the exact same thing where it was a good character who is now introduced at the last post-credit scene as being, oh, actually, they're evil. Um, but it sure seems like Doctor Strange 2, and maybe I'm wrong, but Doctor Strange 2 doesn't seem to answer that question. So now we're getting into post-credit sequences, and also Guardians of the Galaxy 2 has not answered the question of, you know, uh, Adam. So we're sitting there and you're going to tell me these post-credit sequences maybe don't matter? Then why the fuck am I watching them? And all I watched this movie for was the post-credit sequences. So if those don't even matter, what am I doing here? Why am I watching a movie where you're going to have me sit through two and a half hours of boring plot and a character that really doesn't matter to ultimately like give me teases that you have not promised are going to come up later. And you have shown me that they won't most of the time. <laughs> I have three things to say about the MCU. Number one, I believe Matt Murdock is going to be in She-Hulk. I believe they, well, rumored. So that makes me excited for that project. It's the only thing past No Way Home I'm excited for is that Matt Murdock is in some of these things. Number two, Captain Marvel. I love her movie. It's one of my favorite Marvel films. Let me actually see one second. It is... Fuck, where is it? Don't have it on me. It's one of my top Marvel films. Wait, um, wait. Hold on. I can call it my list. I'll, no, because you have a bad opinion, probably because you're I'll, a sexist, because you just like Captain Marvel. I, Captain Marvel I, I is do, my I do hate third women. favorite Marvel film. Love Captain Marvel. She's been an absolute flop. They hyped her up so much, and she did nothing. And then she's been nothing. She's been a flop. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like the character. She's fucking useless. I'm really excited for Kamala Khan to come. Don't give a shit about Captain Marvel. I'm all about Miss Marvel. Like Brie Larson has just been letting me down. Move over. I'm tired of you. You're useless. You had nothing to them to you. Well, I want to see other, the Marvels. The other problem is Miss Marvel, the original, is fucking cool. But part of the thing is that you got her powers taken away by Rogue. And it's like, it's like a cool part of the marvel universe like as someone who knows the comics it's like miss marvel fucks and she's like one of the like strongest characters in the mcu which she basically i think she becomes captain marvel i think it's the same character i may be wrong but um so she has powers and then rogue grabs her when she's working for magneto steals all her powers and it's something that's never happened with rogue and that's why Rogue can fly and do all this cool shit. And it's like a very like Marvel-y thing. But then like uh, Miss Marvel becomes like kind of like a covert person, which I'm going to put my uh, my uh, prediction out. Um, in the Marvels, Brie Larson will be depowered and she'll take over for um, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. 
that is that test before but i I know podcast i don't care i'm gonna keep saying it because when it happens everyone's gonna go oh my god she got depowered in the marvels and i'll be like yes we we, (laughs) we've been new my third final point i will quickly say what the fuck is doctor strange 2 because it was like gonna be the sequel to wandavision but now it's also like spider-man but also it's a horror film but also it's also the doctor strange sequel from everything that got set up in doctor strange like this movie is four different things what the fuck is this movie like what is it gonna be not yeah, excited this whole about conversation i was gonna say that the end credits it's them it's wong and bruce banner and captain marvel for some godforsaken reason talking about the, the like 10 rings and where they're from and what they are and i feel like they're gonna have a role now in doctor strange too because wong is there and wong is a character from doctor strange so oh, i think i think the like, opposite there's i i think that's a Wait, set well i was gonna say i think that's a set during multiverse of madness and i think wong will be a minor character and like maybe all these characters what do you mean like up. the end credits is set during multiverse of madness or yes. she is set during okay. both both okay i think like it'll be like oh why dr strange wasn't here is he was dealing with whatever happens in spider spider-man but i don't think anything in this movie has to do with multiverse except for right i think i think to being here and why is wong here when he should be dealing with multiverse shit i think does he just come for a paycheck from shang chi's sister (laughs) i think i think it'll be something that has to do with like dr strange is gone so he's taking over for dr strange and trying to deal with things and he's it's, but he's I, also I, fucking around in fight rings. But then also, isn't She-Hulk coming out after Doctor Strange? So then She-Hulk would ter- would take place before Doctor Strange. I I'm am very telling. Confused. I am telling you, <laughs> the MCU is going to be one of those things. Okay. So, little history lesson, guys. The reason <gasps> comics are boring and no one reads them is because they were very cool, and then post Silver Age. When uh, our bo- our girl uh, Gwen Stacy got her neck broken, after that, mm-hmm. everything got kind of messy, mm-hmm. and no one paid attention to comics, and that's exactly what's about to happen with the goddamn movies. Because the thing is, they started this the the comics all over again. Yeah, and they've done it. They've done it like four times since like <sighs> two thousand. But the thing yeah. is, what happens is they get greedy. And they start spreading it out too much and there's no consistency. And then everything starts being like, you know, you have to sit there and putting it all in order. And that's exactly what's about to happen. You can feel it. And it's like, they're not pulling back these TV shows. Like Mm -hmm. I saw what they were trying to do, but then Loki blew that up. Cause I was like, oh, these don't matter. Like ultimately, like I don't have to watch these no one cares like then Loki did matter and just this whole conversation about how everything is going to connect it's just making me so tired I'm I, and that's that's the thing it's like <laughs> it this should be very fun these are comic book movies and I'm like I'm bored and stressed and also like I was telling Carson I was like if I just watched the next movie skipping over Shang-Chi and uh like shang chi was in this one the next one and he had his rings and everything i'd be like yeah okay that that makes sense in the same way that marvel did it with abomination i don't need this movie and that's really frustrating because individually 
they should be great films. Like if I should be able to go, I'm going to watch Shang-Chi by itself. And it does not, I don't care about any other Marvel aspect, but all of them are sitting there like a house of cards. And I feel like they're tumbling right now. Uh, when is the next co- movie? When do you think we're going to see Shang-Chi next as a character in the, in the MCU? Like, I, what's think, the next I think project? he has, I think he has a cameo in something in like post credits. I think he has to have a cameo. Let's not Doctor count strange, knock out cameos. When is the next time he's relevant? Mm-hmm. Two years, three years, if not more. Mm-hmm. If Great. not more. Great. If not more. Because the thing is, I will bet money the fact that China banned Shang-Chi means there isn't going to not be a Shang-Chi sequel. It's just not happening. They oh, did it to like appease China. And if China's like, no, no, there will be no Eternal sequel and there will be no Shang-Chi sequel. Like, there's just not. Like... We also Dude, have, have origin it. stories between now and then for Blade, the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a few others even. So, yeah. Well, Eternals. Um, yeah, I know you're. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking. I was well. I was thinking like two or three years because we know she what's Hulk, like. We know Hulk, what's coming Ms. in two or three. Wait, wait, years. wait, wait. She Hulk, Miss Marvel, um, Hawkeye two. I forgot what the um, girl's name is. Um, like. Yeah, no, there's tons of new things um, that are coming up. And it's like... Oh, Moon Knight? It's a, forgot about that. Mm, it's God a... It. Maybe, I guess, maybe they give them a Disney Plus original series next because the movie, there's no way looking at the schedule, even with them doing, like, way more movies than they should each year, there's no way you get another Shang-Chi movie where he's a main character unless they add him to, like, you know, something... No, did you notice? Did you notice something? It said the Ten Rings will be back, not Shang Chi. Yeah, and to me, which is I read, I yeah. read that as they're going to do the same thing that they just did with the Wakanda show, and that's my thing. I bet mm. they do a sequel series with the sister. Is my like is my gut? You um, know what? She, okay. She'll be like a like a anti villain or anti hero. Yeah. I genuinely wish we didn't have to watch these for the podcast. Like, I genuinely wish I could just like <laughs> I wish I could just I stop am... engaging with them. We're not watching What If, by the way. Like, FYI, notice that we're not watching What If, um, which I'm very thankful for. I am, for. and it fucking sucks. It's so bad. Oh, so God damn! Are you guys it. watching it? Like each? Yeah. Individual- yeah. Fuck. Yeah, Paul and I are watching it. You don't have yeah, to. No, God damn it. No, I have it. to. I don't want to have to do it on a podcast. No, I no, don't we probably want to talk should. about what we... if in depth. I really don't. <laughs> we God probably damn it. Cool. Why did you guys have it's to do this to so... me? Because the thing is, sometimes you're drunk and you're like, what am I going to watch? And there's like, what if? Golden Girls. Because I'm obligated to watch every MCU movie. It's the fallacy of whatever the hell being too invested uh, uh, in something so just i can't kidding. give up just wait, kidding wait, guys wait, we wait. are watching uh, what if um yeah. but like i just if I it was not for this podcast you're the one who chose to watch it what one second it's called the sunken cost fallacy and that is That's the it. mcu <laughs> god okay i hate the fact that Let we've had so many mcu projects that you just mm-hmm. explaining what that fallacy is i guarantee i know for a fact we've done that like four times recently on the podcast <laughs> because we talk about these films elena go yep. for it okay i just want to say i feel like i used to be the person who was like 
I still love Marvel movies. I will go and see every single one. But I also used to be the person who was like, oh, this connects with this and connects with this. And I used to read all the things about how everything connected and like all the like theories and stuff for the upcoming movies. And now I'm like the middle-aged mother who's taking their kids to this. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then I don't want to think about it after because it's just so much and it hurts my brain. It is getting to like the point where it's like actually overwhelming and gives me anxiety because like it feels like there's so much I have to remember and like I feel obligated to like do an MCU rewatch because I feel like there's so much from like phase three that I forget and I feel like a lot of the stuff is gonna like come back around and because like there are things that I'm seeing and I'm like oh I remember that kind of but I don't remember like what it is and I'm just like motherfucker this it is like a full-time job keeping up with MCU. Yeah, well, we should really definitely do. We should definitely find a way. I'm down to rewatch. We should definitely find a way to either we review one or each week, or we do it like which one's better between them, and we f- decide what the best Marvel film is. We should find some way to do that. I'm down to do like one I, every I need week. to rewatch them. I, That'd be I just, fun. I just aged a hundred years imagining having to rewatch. Like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like sitting there and imagining us sitting there, like instead of talking about something that like you know matters, we're like. Thor the Dark World. <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> God, that movie. What a fucking atrocity. Um, no, but yeah, we, we can we can do that. Um, but, but I will regulate it to a three-minute conversation at max. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. If I'm yeah, watching do. fucking these movies, we're going to be <laughs> fucking talking minutes. about them. 10 to 15 minutes we'll just maximum. Do what we do with the film. We'll do what we do with the film spotlight. I'll be quick. Yeah. <laughs> film okay. spotlight. We're supposed to be talking about like uh, underrepresented people instead. We're talking. <laughs> well, this way we do an MCU rewatch is it's the only way we're gonna do it because right now the only time I rewatch movies is if I'm showing them to like a boy and I don't have a boyfriend yet. Working on it, might soft launch one at TIFF. Stay well, tuned. If you do an MCU rewatch, <laughs> you'll lose that. So that's sad for you. <laughs> oh God. Well, this one likes Marvel, so we'll see. Oh God. <laughs> then I'm dumb. I know. Now. okay before we like fully end this conversation i do want to bring up the mandarin i thought when i want to bring up fin fang so yeah great yeah when tony um young's character like the father of shang chi is like talking about him and he like says like oh the mandarin i was like and like nobody else in the theater reacted so i was like okay everybody else forgets iron man 3 but i remember because i thought the villain for iron man 3 was funny and I was fucking stoked when he popped up um, as like prisoner of Shang-Chi's dad. I thought that was hilarious. I liked that creepy little furry flying chicken thing with no face. Morris, fucking great. Loved him. Um, when Ben Kingsley appeared on screen, my dad nudged me because I saw this with my father. And he was like, that kind of looks like Gandhi. And I'm like, that is fucking Gandhi, you idiot. It's Ben Kingsley. Hello. And he was like, oh, why is he here? I'm like, he's from Iron Man 3. It was like a whole thing. I had to remind my father. So no one else apparently remembers Iron Man 3 because there were a lot of gaps in my theater. Oh my God, were there some fucking annoying people in my theater? But there was no gasps during like the Mandarin initial reference. And then when they saw him, that's when it all came back to people. But I thought he was funny in this. And I think he brought like some much needed humor because I thought like like she usually is, but she really wasn't so I was happy he was there 
I thought it was quickly hilarious. immediately go off your point and say that was the worst part about this film. Fuck any complaint I had with this film. Hate watching Marvel films with crowds. Can't do it. Never gonna do it again. Um, I because I missed the press screening for this because I was like tired and like I can just catch it tomorrow, whatever. And like I can't mm-hmm. do it. I hate like they are they yell, they scream at nothing. And like for mm-hmm. me, and this is strictly speaking personally and not to sound like a bitch, like when people like applaud and worship like vocally something terrible for example Doolittle worst screening I've ever been to in my life they gave it a applause after the film ended I just like <laughs> get physically sick I get like ill and I'm like I hate people and I can't do it and I get like oh. upset so for mm-hmm. them to go to a Marvel film because all the Marvel film is is every single line people cheer for no fucking reason and they applaud and they lose their minds and they cry and they're like it's the best thing ever like not to shout MCU fans peace and love enjoy what mm-hmm. you like I just can't be in the same room as you. I need these to come out either on mm-hmm. Disney Plus or I need to see them at a press screening privately because I can't do it. Yes. I can't stand families in a movie theater. Okay. So like last night, I don't know what Cineplex is doing with like the socially distanced seating, but there was like somebody in the row immediately in front of me and then like one seat over. And I'm like, this is not six feet. And it was like a whole fucking family and their children would not shut the fuck up. Like when I'm watching a Marvel movie and I get excited by something, I'll let out like a gasp, like a, or a, I'll like, like pat my sister and be like, hey, did you catch that reference? A very, very slight whisper that no one else can hear, only my sister can. And like these people, every time there was a reference, cause there was a lot of heavy references in Shang-Chi. It was loud. I was like, you people are like at least 12. You should know how to fucking whisper. Also, to the same family the mom had an apple watch and it kept lighting up and i'm like i have one you can put those on sleep mode you stupid bitch we should add that to cell phones i was so pissed off during my screening by that specific family and so many people during my screening kept getting up to go to the bathroom and i'm like where the fuck are you going pee before the movie you're in my way I don't want to put my mask on to let you go by. If you need to pee this fucking much, sit in a goddamn aisle seat. I can't blame I for that. I hate MCU you, movies. They need, if you need crowds. to leave the auditorium during Shang-Chi because it's just so no, boring, I get it. Listen, I feel you. I it agree. was definitely people going to the bathroom because they were carrying huge fucking things of Coke. And I'm like, stop getting the big ones just because it's a big deal. Pee before the movie, sit in the fucking aisle seat. I don't normally mind it during any other time but the fact that all these fucking people were going by me maskless pissed me off I know we're like mostly fully vaccinated in Ontario and there's like I live in a very rural town so there's not really any COVID cases but fuck off it was very irritating <laughs> um, that is my updated cinema etiquette requirement definitely was me people. when I'm Get when I watched it. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone <laughs> in theaters last night. Definitely Ugh. me. I was like, you know how long the movie is. Why the fuck are you drinking that? Literally. Um, so yeah, those are my updated cinema etiquette guidelines. Catch up with them, people. Okay. So, so 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 um Fin Fang Foom. Um I'm a big fan of Fin Fang Foom. Um, he's a giant green alien who looks like a Chinese dragon. And he talks, and he's super cool, and he's a villain of usually Iron Man, but sometimes Shang-Chi and other just random characters, sometimes like Black Panther and all this stuff. He's great. Instead, I believe, because they don't say it in the same way they didn't say Taskmaster 
in Black Widow, which also is my like big fault with Black Widow. Um, they just create random dragon who does not look like Fin Fang Foom. And they're like, this is the dragon. Aren't you excited? You fucking nerds. Enjoy this. Jizz on this. And it's like, that's not Fin Fang Foom. Like, you're not even remotely doing Fin Fang Foom. And now you're not doing Fin Fang Foom. You're doing <laughs> someone else. And if you were planning to save Fin Fang Foom, um, now everyone's going to be like, oh, you already did a dragon. So we're like, I have what? A question. I okay. Are you referring to the soul sucking thing as Fin Fang Foom? Or the, okay. Yes. Because. I was confused because there is a dragon that Shang-Chi and his sister ride There's on. There's two dragons. Really fun. Yes, no, but Fin Fang Foom is a villain and you should look okay. him up real quick so you can get- oh, That's a... why I was confused. Okay. Look him up. I need to... Okay. How Spin do I spell that? <laughs> Fin, F-I-N. Okay, it's, it's a, a villain for me. Okay. I don't think he looks like the scary- soul-sucking dragon does he right suck? no he's just a okay. he's just an alien monster but the thing is i feel like that's what they were trying to do but like he's like <laughs> he wears bright red shorts it's just very like he's a they're actually purple if you are really a fan you could know what that's they're not... purple sometimes purple I'm looking right here. They're red shorts. I'm literally looking and I only see purple. The one I'm including the purple. Including the Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. So I'm sending you a, a, a shot from his original. Like I think the first time he showed up. Um I'm just being an ass. That doesn't really matter. Oh, I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's arriving to both of you. It should have delivered by now. You guys can look. Those are uh, red shorts. I'm not disagreeing. There are purple shorts. There's also green. I shorts. hate his face. I mean, I love his face, but I hate you. I hate his like wrinkly body. <laughs> I haven't gotten it. It's fucking disgusting. Oh, but like, talking, I love it. Talking oh, about every. It. Ew. <laughs> also, the name Fen Fang Foom just sounds incredibly racist. Yeah, it it is, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm worried about. The point is, <laughs> sometimes things are racist. No, <laughs> no, but my point is, they have been hyping him, I think, since like Iron Man 1. They like referenced him. And so, like, building up to this and then it not being him, not looking like him, not acting like him is very like, hey, uh, to your point, you guys have been talking about like, you know, what am I looking at 10 years before the story ends? This is like, okay, yeah, I spent 10 years and then you guys went, ha fuck you. Like, <laughs> we're not giving you the character you wanted. You were expecting Fin Fang Foom? Fuck off, <laughs> you stupid bitches. We're going to give you a, a random energy dragon who isn't even really a dragon. He kind of looks like some sort of like random you know, uh, Asian horror film creature. And it's, it's a real big, it was a big issue for me. Like it was the moment when he like burst out and he was not a green dragon. I was like, I want to leave <laughs> mom. Come pick me up. I'm done. 
Well, it sounds like we were all very big fans of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the I Ten mean, Rings. I mean, I did like it. I'm just tired. I will no. say that. Yeah, and I don't disagree <laughs> with you liking it. I just um I just feel like there was so much that could have been better. And I just I just mm-hmm. want my boy Fin Fang Foom. He's a I great feel like villain. with me. I gravitate towards Marvel movies, not for like the movies themselves and more towards the characters. So because I like Shang-Chi so much as a character, it's like mid-upper Marvel for me. That's why. That's that's fair. Um, I didn't like him and that's probably also the reason. I mm-hmm. But I just, I can get like if he connected in the same way that like I'll defend fucking Winter Soldier when everyone's like, he's the most boring character. I'm like, yeah, but I like him. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Or do I like Sebastian Stan? We'll never yeah, know. He is hot. <laughs> He's a nice man. <laughs> My favorite MCU characters are Cap, Bucky, Thor, and Ant-Man. So I have a thing for hot men, obviously. Ant-Man's a strange one from that list, but okay. Valid, I like, like no Ant-Man issues. Paul I like Red, the first one. I love him. It's fair. I like the first one better. Ant-Man and the Wasp is the one I have my fourth least favorite. It's above mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi took it the third I don't really spot. remember it. I I really need to do an MCU rewatch. Just watch the trailer. It's literally just the trailer. Like that's <laughs> you'll you'll get it. Uh that's I think gonna be it though for this episode of Clappercast. Why don't we go around and say our recommendations for the week? I can start things off. Um, I've been busy covering film festivals, so I haven't seen anything like new that I'd recommend. But a couple weeks ago in my like animated watchings, I watched The Plague Dogs from 1982. This is a pretty like gruesome and like heavy watch. It's about two dogs who break out of being experimented on. Like the one dog's repeatedly drowned and brought back to life. And he has like a bunch of trauma and it's really like heavy. Um, but they run away and then they have to like make it on their own. Um, and it, they come across a fox and like, it's really well animated. Again, it's quite heavy and I don't think it's like a masterpiece or anything. I think the characters could have been fleshed out a little bit more. Um, but overall, I would say I enjoyed this one and I would definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it and you want like some older animation that is specifically for adults. It's also quite good when it comes to messaging about the horribleness of like animals being tested on. Um, and labs. Alina, what is your recommendation this week? I have two, and they're both like in reference to Shang-Chi. The first one is Kim's Convenience, because I feel like the Americans have been slacking on this show because it is a Canadian sitcom, very much in the realm of like Shit's Creek, but the humor is different, but it's still like very funny. And Simu Liu it plays the son on this show, and he's very good in it. And I feel like it needs to like become more of a thing. Um, like I wouldn't say it's on the same level as Shit's Creek, but it's still very good. And it's like about a Korean family who own a convenience store in Toronto. Um, the like dad and son are very estranged. The daughter still lives at home with her parents. Um, she goes to OCAD, like the Ontario College of Art and Design. Um, Sumi Luke's character works at like a car rental place um I really like it it has really good like family dynamics it's very sweet and an endearing show but it's still really funny and the other thing I recommend is a YouTube channel the girl's name I'm so sorry is Sheeran J. Jaw I think 
But if you like YouTube, everything culturally wrong with Mulan, you will find her. And she is a writer who made a YouTube video out of spite and created like an entire YouTube channel. So like the first video on her channel is about like how everything in like Mulan, the live action one is like so terrible and like how Chinese culture is like used in the film. And she like breaks down literally every single reference to Chinese culture and film. So she did it with the live action Mulan. She did it with the cartoon, the sequel. She's done it with Kung Fu Panda. She's done it with Over the Moon. And I have a really big feeling she's going to eventually do it with Shang-Chi. And I really want to see it, especially for when they're in the fantasy world with all those like Chinese creatures. I'm really looking forward to her breakdown of it. And I think it'll happen. So, and she only has like, uh 15 youtube videos she has them on like avatar the last airbender so it's really fun to like go and learn about like all the references that are in those shows and movies <laughs> and this cat shut the hell up your cat oh either really God. loves or really hates that recommendation definitely got a reaction <laughs> at least i guess because he watches them with me sometimes <laughs> well paul what's your recommendation I am going to go a little pedantic and say Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or House of Flying Daggers, or Hero, or any of the old Jackie Chan movies, um, because I don't want to say that like this genre, you know, uh, Carson was saying it's not his genre. It is very much my genre. Um, this is my shit. So like, that's why I'm offended by this movie. Uh, I was raised on these movies and loved them as a kid. And I just feel like it's not the quality. Um, but yeah, go watch those. And if you've already seen those, just go like watch something new. Because um, the thing is, uh, overall, uh, one of my friends asked me and they were like, yeah, but like I've seen those movies and this like felt fun. And I was like, yeah. But the thing about all those movies is there's always a scene where you go, that's too much. That's too weird. That's too whatever. But this one was so safe that it's like, I felt like I just never got anything that was like, oh, you're trying to push boundaries and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, yeah, so go watch more Asian cinema. Like, there's so many good things. And uh, when we do horror, we're going to do a whole week on J-horror. Um, so there will be some fun stuff in there. Um, I'm very excited for the two of you to uh, really react poorly to <laughs> some really insane stuff. Yeah, I guess a few notes I guess we can talk about quickly just announce about programming. Number one, next week, the lovely Lena Fultz will not be here. She'll be live in Toronto. So you have to deal with me and Paul doing an episode. I apologize in advance. But also this week, if you do miss Jack and Niccolo and you like them more than us for some reason, I know no one does, but if theoretically you did, <laughs> they are right now as we speak in Venice, Italy, attending the Venice Film Festival, and they're recording a whole podcast from Venice. I don't know what it's going to be about. I'm not there, but we will be posting that this week. And then leading into Halloween, I believe in a couple weeks, I don't remember officially which week we're starting it on. But Alina gets back two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. We are going to be starting every episode with doing double features of horror films. So we're still talking about the new releases, the big ones. But Paul wants to introduce me and Alina to more horror because me and Alina are scaredy cats and we don't really watch horror. Huge so chickens. Paul, yeah, Paul's <laughs> going to introduce us. I'm probably going to shit myself multiple times throughout the series out of fear. But like, that's exciting. So just know all that's coming to you shortly. Uh, but that's going to be it for this episode of Clappercast. Let's say where we can find everyone on social media. Paul, where can we find you? 
I am at price like tag on Twitter and Letterboxd. Alina, where can we find you and where can we find your TIFF coverage in the next couple of weeks? I am at Alina Falds on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find all my TIFF stuff at Clapper because I did not want to write for any other places because it just seems like a nightmare. Um, I'm very stressed about how last minute TIFF seems to be because the press stuff isn't like the tickets for the press screenings aren't becoming a thing until like literally two days before the fucking festival. And I'm not having a good time with them like planning things like this, stressing me out. So I'm only going to do shit for Clapper because I'm loyal to Jack. (laughs) Also, um, Jack and Nick are vlogging Venice right now. Well, just Nick is. Jack appears in the background. It's very fun. Um, And I've been living for them on our Patreon. So if I'm like confident enough to talk to my phone in public, I might do that too. So stay tuned and you can check out our Patreon. We want to see that so badly. I really hope you do. Um, yeah. So if you can follow me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, I also will not be in TIFF, but I will be covering TIFF for Clapper and for Buttered Popcorn for Awards Watch for Filmotomy for a bunch of places. Cause I don't have to deal with last minute tickets. I only have to deal with online stuff, but that's okay. Not like I want to see Dune or Spencer or Dear Evan Hansen or the eyes of Tammy <laughs> Faye or any of the other a hero None of those films I want to see, but that's okay. I will be covering tip for all those things. Uh, and you can find me, like I said, I think I already said it, but on t- uh, Twitter, at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterboxd, Carson Tamar. You can find all the latest reviews of television, film, festival, all that good stuff at www.clapperltd.co.uk. But we all know you're really here for the podcast. New episodes every single Wednesday. E- email us at clappercast at gmail.com with how much you hate Paul. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.